You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. If I was to give you a brand new washing machine, and I said, well, it's hand cranked, <laughs> requires no electricity, you'd be looking at me kind of funny. Nowadays, we have uh, some pretty sophisticated washing machines now. Right? You just put the clothes in, you just close the lid, hit the button, and it does all it it senses the clothes. <laughs> That's our sense. But there's a man who saw a great need a couple of years ago when he was traveling in India. He said seventy percent of the world's population does not have access to electricity. That means when they wash their clothes, they are hand washed. That gets old pretty fast, I would imagine. And you know who gets to do that, don't you? Yes, indeedy. These machines are created in the UK, and they're sent to those without access to electricity and even water who would have to wash their clothes by hand. Otherwise, the engineer was inspired to create the machines after witnessing struggles of his neighbor while volunteering in India. And he's right, I do believe. Kudos to you, my friend. Thank you so much. Really cool article about that. It's amazing, isn't it? Hand-cranked washing machines without electricity. He says, giving them the dignity of clean clothes is very fulfilling. Isn't that cool? Oh, you've got to admit, that is pretty neat. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Maybe your teenagers or students are getting all excited coming up. Maybe the next couple of days they will be. And they're like, Mom, Mom, I want to take my Bible to school. And you're like, excuse me, I have to catch my breath. Maybe that's because they've seen John Cooper very wisely took his appeal right onto YouTube. And he's been on YouTube. He, by the way, he's the lead singer for Skillet. And uh, he has been on there encouraging viewers to join over 500,000 other students for the nationwide movement to bring the transformative love of Jesus right into school, the Bible. It's, uh, he's partnered with folks on the family. They're the ones that had the idea, and they're continuing it this year all across the country. It's Bring Your Bible to School Day. That is this Thursday, October the 7th. Bring Your Bible to School Day. It's perfectly fine. It's okay to do that, all right? <laughs> so people will be, uh, <laughs> some people at the school may be, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people would be like, wow, that's really cool. You know, one of the things to do, I highly recommend you take your Bible to school there, um, is ask somebody, what do you think the definition of love is? Ask one of your teachers that. Give me a good definition of love and have them, you know, try to give, work it out. And then go to 1 Corinthians I believe, uh, and, and good, the Apostle Paul's definition of love. Don't tell him where it's from or anything. Just say, how's this? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't hold a grudge. Watch their jaw drop open when you say, did you know that that was from the Bible? A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. Speaking about history, Um, The first Monday of October, which is today, this Monday, has marked the opening of the new term for the Supreme Court since 1917. And I don't know of an era which probably should have and will have, and you know this, people praying for them. More prayer directed at the Supreme Court than ever before. They're taking on some monumental cases, of course. You can tell by all the people gathered out around the Supreme Court with signs and things like that. Pray for them as well, too. Lord, I ask you to give wisdom. Bless them with your wisdom and your strength, Lord, to make those decisions as uh, pretty high, powerful people placed in judge positions that we have done that. And in Jesus' name I pray. And, of course, you pray as you're led as well. Lord, will your Holy Spirit pray for the... Uh, decisions that they make at the Supreme Court. Wow, pretty cool thing. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life. I gotta say congratulations to the New York Giants and the New York Jets. They both won their first game yesterday in overtime. 
And I have to tell you, I didn't think they were going to do it. <laughs> so there you go. Congratulations. Pretty good. One of the things about NFL football that you may not know is that at the end of the game, and you may not know this because I don't know if they show it very much. They're usually interviewing the star of the game. Um, but they have a prayer time at the end of the huddle before the teams go. I mean, not everybody. Of course, it's voluntary. But a lot of players, I think over the years, more and more players have been meeting in the middle after the game, and they usually bow, and uh, they're together. They're all mixed together, you know, and they pray. They just kind of, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know if somebody says, Bob, you pray or whatever. But there was an incident a couple of games ago where a Denver Broncos player named Justin Simmons was being interviewed. And he's one of those people that likes to meet with the other guys and pray after the game. And it's a big deal for him. And he was being interviewed on television, and he said, I was concerned because I was afraid I was going to miss that prayer time. And he turned around after the interview, and sure enough, he did. He missed it. However, thanks be to God for Teddy Bridgewater, who was there, who said, hey, man, I got you on this. I knew you were going to want to be in that prayer time. So I got you. Let's do prayer time right here. So just the two of them knelt right there and prayed. Imagine that right on the middle of an NFL field right after the game. Now, the interesting thing is Justin Simmons, who missed the prayer time, he said, I am so thankful he did that because I really needed that. The sound of life. Man, revivals going on not only around the world, but here in this country as well, too. Last month... There was evangelist Nick Hall, Christian music artist Chris Tomlin, Carrie Job, and Bethel Music. Um, uh, what's his name? Nick Hall. Nick Hall is the founder of Pulse Ministry. And he went out on tour, and it was from August the 13th through the 23rd. And he said, being a part of this tour and having the opportunity to share the gospel with so many people was nothing short of miraculous. We know this because he posted on Instagram, so I get all my news. He shared testimony of a young man who gave his life to Christ following the message. He said, today I met Jesse backstage right after I got done preaching. His grandma passed away. Recently he shared that it felt he had lost his connection to God and cared for his family. He said, we discussed faith. He asked some great questions. Told me he believed he had a 70% chance of going to heaven. Ooh, that is a great way. He said, how'd you like to have a 100% chance? Yes. So he gave his life to Jesus tonight. He's going to heaven with us. Amazing. Uh, there were uh, 2, 000, over 2,000 people made professions of faith. So God is moving, yes, in places like, believe it or not, Afghanistan, uh, Iran, Iraq, India, places like that. Yes, there's a lot of hatred and stuff going on there. It's the way it is, right? Boy, you have an enemy that does not like to see you get a 100% chance of going to heaven. Oh, no. It's pretty amazing. God bless his ministry there and these musicians. God bless them, and may they bless you today and strengthen you and your walk, okay? Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. You know, we uh, concluded the fundraiser. Thank you very much. It was it was a really blessed time, and you made it so for three days in the middle of the week last week. And we find out a lot of times how long you've been listening just from talking to you and things like that, you know. That's just one of those really cool things. So how long you've been listening to the sound of life? Yes, Darlene. The sound of life ever since it was just WFGB when I lived in South Armenia, New York. Oh, wow. And that was in 1985. Right. Yes, our first year. Wow. Had a lot of had a lot of struggles over the years. Went through terrible things, divorce. Wow. A head-on car collision, which they said I wouldn't even live through the night. If I did, I'd wow. never walk again. Wow. God helped me with that. And, uh, you know, the death of a child... But uh, he's in heaven, because when I died at the head-on car collision, when I was in an induced coma, I heard my son praying, if there be a God, if you're really who Mom claims you are, not only let her live, but give her abilities back, and I'll turn my life to you. He kept that promise, went through Team Challenge, 
He lived the last two years of his life for Jesus, died in a motorcycle accident. But see, now he's getting to walk the streets of gold. Right. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Kids, maybe... NBA is your sport. You know, we got all the sports going here. We're getting ready to do the baseball uh, world. Uh, the, the, well, getting ready to do the World Series, but do all that footballs in a big way. But there's a man who may be your hero who plays for the Phoenix Suns. He played at North Carolina, so it would make sense that he was a big Michael Jordan fan. His name is Cameron Johnson, and he does wear number 23, which was Michael Jordan's number. Okay, but he was asked at a press conference recently, why do you wear number? What's the significance behind 23? What do you think it would be? Uh huh. How's he going to answer this? It comes from my grandma. Uh, My grandma, she is a prayer warrior to the fullest extent. And she kind of told my dad to use this Bible verse as a prayer every time you go into a game, into a competition, into an important meeting, whatever it may be. And he instilled that down into me. So Psalm 23 has been a verse that I have always said before every game. Um, and then I, I say it now during the national anthems. I've said it during the national anthems since high school. But it's the reason I wear 23. I was also a huge Jordan fan growing up. So 23 is a huge number of significance to me. And be playing at Carolina, I couldn't wear it. So when I got to the <laughs> league... <laughs> For some reason, you know. Some reason. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Well, Thursday, kids, listen up. It's BYOB. That's it. Big day for school. Bring your own Bible to school. Yes, indeedy. That simple act of bringing a Bible to school will give you a powerful invitation to really stand with hundreds of thousands of your peers. That's what they are. You know, your buddies there in school. Talk about Christ, what he has done in your life, inside and out. I always recommend, you know, a conversation starter like, uh, give me a definition of love. You may have heard me say this before. I stole this from somebody who was great. I thought it was a great evangelistic tool. You know, they were. he was talking to... Uh, College kids sitting on the front porch in a hot day, and he gave them bottles of water and soda, talking about their expectations, getting into love. What you know? Then anyone who doesn't want to talk about love, right? What do you think the definition of love is? And they all were coming up with things, and then of course he repeated the Apostle Paul's definition, not telling them where it was from, and they were like, "Oh, that is awesome!" And he's like, "Yeah, it came from the Bible." What? Excuse me? What? Yes. You just like something that was in the Bible. Ah! (laughs) It's really pretty cool. It's a great way to introduce somebody. But that's just my idea there. You can do whatever you want to do. And um, as Danny Huerta says from Focus on the Family, uh, it is a day centered around being strong and courageous. And, And you may not even go to public school. You may be commuting to the kitchen table and you may bring your Bible all the time. That's okay. It's still a great day, right? Uh, it's still an opportunity for you to let others know that you believe in God, and you can sign up, all right? Now, Focus on the Family sponsors it. Bring your Bible to school day. It's Thursday the 2nd, all right? Be brave, okay? The sound of life. I got to give kudos to the entire Jersey City, New Jersey Police Department, really, and all police departments. It was an incident that happened recently that thankfully the mayor put on Instagram. You know, you've got it there. You might as well use it, right? Use that new technology. The incident began when an unidentified man was dangling a newborn baby. Now, you heard me correctly. Over a balcony in Jersey City. So police officers arrived on the scene, started negotiating with the man, but they set up a perimeter as well, too. The man did throw the baby over the side. Now, thankfully, he lived on the second floor. Could have been could have been bad. But Eduardo Matute uh, got the baby, caught the baby, and miraculously, the baby wasn't hurt. Anything like that. And the mayor wanted to thank the entire police department. They just did a great job. He said, we're lucky. I think you're blessed to have the men and women of police departments there in Jersey City and everywhere, really, every single day. The things that they see, the things that they react to. Every day, they rise to meet any and all challenges. Speaking of challenges, I want to thank the people who, uh, and and it's not a lot, generally, 
that will, they're very brave people, they're pro-lifers, and they stand outside of clinics and they pray for the people that go there and the people that work there. Thank you so much. You are saving lives as well. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Dr. Charles Stanley, In Touch Ministries, Sunday at 11 here on The Sound of Life. A woman was telling him and relating an account about her mother-in-law. And she said, my mother-in-law died a few weeks before. It was a very painful experience. She had stomach cancer. And Dr. Stanley said, I began to offer the woman my, I mean, I began to offer my um, condolences. And she stopped me. And she said, I'm glad this happened. Excuse me? Okay, that's coming up. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. So where we last left our story, we had Dr. Charles Stanley talking to a woman about how her mother-in-law's passing was the greatest thing ever. And, of course, he's stunned. Like, what are you talking about? She said, oh, yeah, it wasn't a negative thing at all. Most positive experience in her life, certainly one of the most positive in mine. You see, her mother-in-law was the most bitter, spiteful, difficult woman you could ever meet. Her and her husband eloped so that they wouldn't have to deal with her at the wedding. Give you an idea? You picture that? Know anybody like that? Fifteen years they knew each other. She never said a kind word out of her lips, except to their daughter. For some reason. But that's all another story. Repairmen said they dreaded to get a call from her house because of her rebukes and sarcasm. Something happened to that woman. Don't you know that? Aren't you thinking that right now? She made a stone wall around her heart and she kept it in place even after the doctor told her she had cancer. She had a few weeks to live, he told her. Okay, but she did live for five months, which was a miracle. Absolutely. I'll explain. You see, uh, she refused everybody's offer to help except for her and her husband. And they came and they helped her and they showed her God's love, basically, in what they did for her. And she slowly started kind of melting away. Really, she did. And she got so that sometimes when the pain would get real bad, they would read the Bible to her. She wanted them to read the Psalms. And, um, you know, she, she began to tell her story. I guess when she was a teenager in a church, they had been raising money for a ski trip back in the day when $20 was a lot of money and the money, I don't know how much it was, but it went missing. And a woman in the church publicly and humiliatingly accused her of taking it. And it just turned her against God and the church and everybody. And she started building those stone walls. She became so angry, she just backed out. She said she was an atheist, you know. For 49 years, she was like that. So as they're ministering to her, and she's getting more and more in pain and stuff, and they're showering love on her bit by bit, she's starting to ask him questions, reading the Bible. One day, she uh, went over to fix dinner, And a daughter went along, and the daughter said, Granny Lou, I love you, and Jesus told me to tell you that he loves you too. And uh, now, you know, the mom's like, oh boy, here it comes, here it comes. The woman said, I know he does, dear. He told me so himself last night. I saw Jesus last night. He came to the foot of my bed in a pool of bright light and said, Lou, I'm here to tell you that I love you. I want you to come live with me. What happened was eventually before she passed, or about a week before, I think, she asked uh, this woman's husband to come and they prayed the sinner's prayer. And um, she had tears in her eyes and uh, made a public profession of her faith. And she died and went to heaven. (laughs) Isn't that like the coolest story ever? A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Well, big anniversary today, at least in radio, and I'm in radio. It's the 100th anniversary of the first Baseball World Series radio broadcast. WJZ Radio in Newark. I don't know if it's still there or not. WJZ. Used to just have three letters back in the day. In Newark. And radio broadcast... 
of baseball games was the best. Absolutely the best. And a lot of these people, I, I don't think they were actually at the, the story that I've heard, that a lot of them were not actually at the game. Like, I know Ronald Reagan, remember President Reagan, before he was president, governor of California and all that? He did those radio broadcasts. He was in a room reading off a teletype machined printout. And that's how he described. And the announcers would come on and go, oh, the wind is blowing off of Lake Michigan onto the field. You know, Soldier Field in Chicago, and it's a brisk day today to be playing. And they would describe the whole scene and everything. People said that they listened, and it was just magic. It was just amazing. Forgive me for using that word. But they said it was incredible, absolutely incredible. And maybe that's why Ronald Reagan became such an incredible communicator going into acting, of course, later. Everybody said, we have an actor that's president. Well, maybe he's a communicator. That's what he is. He went through the hard time. And I heard one time, you know, you're doing, you're in the middle of your broadcast and the teletype stops. (laughs) There ain't nothing coming out. What do you do? You can't just stop. So he's just making up stuff. He's just going on until he can catch up. It's true. Absolutely true. That was that was the old school, kids. That's the way it was. And maybe that explains why later when he was governor of California and he was at Berkeley University, Berkeley, a hostile place to him. And he was giving a speech and answering, answering questions. And some student stood up and said, hey, old man, how can you relate to us today? Said you didn't have microwaves and computers and fancy equipment and stuff like we got nowadays. Ronald Reagan, you know, tilted his head sideways. Well, you're right, son. We invented them for you. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Hey, I'm Joe. Is it a good time for a best and worst? Yes, Barb. Maybe one of the best things was I got my new car. Really? That's you. <laughs> that I was waiting for. Wow, that's Although, a big time. A very close second was we had dinner with my daughter and husband, so that's right. a very close second of the best of. Better be careful. Um, <laughs> and worst? Oh, we did get bad news about a friend of ours diagnosed with a illness. So maybe that was the worst of. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Man, well, we'll pray for them and uh, rejoice you. with you. That's always good. Wow, that's a, that's, <laughs> that kind of makes up. That was a banner week. That's great. <laughs> it wasn't a bad week, right? Exactly. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. I got to tell you about Paul Williams. Okay, because he's one of those brave people that came up in a certain era. He was a very smart man, an architect. I mean, that's very smart. I dabbled in a little of that when I was younger, you know, and of course, like everybody else, I left it behind. But he was a very skilled architect, and he learned to draw upside down. So people that sat across from him, see, he could draw while they watched on the other side. Can you imagine? Not only learning an architectural skill, but then to do it upside down. He was very well known, and he wanted to be. I mean, he he deserved a place in the world, and he won numerous awards. He designed houses for people like Frank Sinatra and Lucille Ball. He built neighborhoods that he wasn't even allowed to live in because he was a black man in the 1920s. And I, and I read that, and I thought, wow, imagine that, the perseverance of him. Paul Williams, pretty amazing. And then I thought, Lord, let me be the person that sits beside him. The Sound of Life. I've been reading, and probably you have too, some things that have happened because of the pandemic over the last couple of years. Uh, some good things and some not-so-good things, some things that I never would have thought about. Um, one of them, which you kind of could see coming as people got out and started hiking more. I highly recommend hiking. We live in a place that is known for the hikers. You know, I mean, people drive here, fly here to hike. Now I'm not talking about mountain climbing necessarily, but you know, just hiking, you've got trails. I do not recommend doing it alone. I, and I, as I, we've already talked about that this morning. Um, you know, we weren't meant to be alone for very long. I mean, so, you know, buddy up. I mean, that's always a good thing. But people are going out hiking. 
And so the more people that do it, I mean, there's been a flood of people hiking, a surge, as they call it. So more people are going to get in trouble as they hike. You know, I mean, there's, there's going to be expected injuries and things. Some of them get to be pretty drastic where you have to be rescued. And that is what some of the states are looking at. They're thinking about charging you. Okay, if you get lost, you got to be rescued should you pay. Now, there are some instances where you can have a special hotline on your person. And I imagine that's expensive just right up front. It's kind of an insurance thing. So if something happens and you need helicopter rescue, if you're on the Appalachian Trail in the middle of nowhere, you can hit that button and it's satellite and you get help. Okay. I don't think they're talking about that. I think they're just meaning rescue teams looking for you. They want to charge you. And the first thing I thought of was, thank God Jesus isn't like that, you know? He said, I'm just standing at the door. I'm standing there waiting for you to open the door, if you will. You know, that's all you have to do. I'm there. All you have to do is invite me in. And man, I'm in there. I'm coming in and we'll have supper. And that's a big deal. You know, that's, uh, that means uh, we'll get to know each other intimately and all that and fellowship and stuff. So no charge for the rescue. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. You know, kind of a theme today on Cup of Joe Morning Show. It's kind of worked out that way is camaraderie, doing things together. You probably know, you realize, you know, God made everybody, really. We, we work better together. We do things together. I think one of the real big evidences of that, you're going to think I'm a little wacky, was the golf tournament a few weeks ago, the Ryder Cup. It's unlike any other golf tournament because you've got teams. It's unheard of in golf. Very individual sport. And you've got the USA basically against everybody else, (laughs) against Europe. So, you know, there's a lot of USA chanting going on, a lot of patriotic. Well, it's camaraderie for the team. That's what it is. And uh, boy, I mean, it's really it really comes out. It blossoms. It's it's almost funny, the way these guys. It's like boy, what they had inside. You know, on a normal Saturday afternoon at the Masters or Sunday, you know, they they make that big putt, the tip of the hat, and things like that. You know, but these these guys are out there chest bumping, and it was really high fiving all over the place. It was really amazing. The show of uh, camaraderie. It's, it was just very interesting, and it really illustrates, I think, how God intends his people to line up with each other. He didn't make us to be separate. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church, and it says, encourage one another and build each other up. See, God's put us into his family, his people, for support in their lives. We need each other. Keep walking the path of of life in Christ. And that may mean listening to someone who's struggling or providing for a practical need or speaking a few words of encouragement. We just celebrate success and offer prayer and strength and difficulty, challenge each other to grow in faith. Woo! And in everything, we can always strive to do what is good for each other, as the Apostle Paul said. So what camaraderie we can enjoy as we team up with other believers Right, And you probably know this already. So in what ways have others encouraged you? Father God, I love being a part of your family. Show us how we can be a part in the lives of others. Amen. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. I was looking, and first of all, let me just say that if you're going down that aisle in the grocery store, I mean, it's getting closer to the time, but... A couple of weeks ago, I was doing that, and it's the one that has all the big bags of assorted candy. And if you're thinking, I just laughed out loud. People think I'm whacked in the store anyway, but they because I thought if you buy one of those now, thinking and you're preparing for the end of the month, you know, it's like that bag is never going to make it, probably. So, but it was just funny. But uh, they've got the most popular candy for this time of the year. By region of the by state, actually, a region of the of the country, you know, and you've got like Sour Patch Kids, that's in Texas, and candy corn, not a big surprise. That's a lot of the country's candy corn, including my home state and region and everything. I mean, nothing better than a good bowl of candy corn. <laughs> 
and uh, Skittles that's in there, you know, um, Swedish Fish. Oh, my kids love that stuff, you know. I mean, you know, Twizzlers, oh, the midsection, the Ohio Valley, it's all Twizzlers, man. That's it. But I thought it was funny because unique to the rest of the country are New Yorkers. Yes. And the candy that New Yorkers like and prefer most is, you get, you'll never guess it, really. Maybe you know, maybe because it's what you prefer. Ferrero Rocher. Yes, that's it, man. That fine nougat of confectionery made by an Italian company. It's a French, of course, Rocher, which actually means rock, I guess, in France. But it's mighty good. Not sure it's real gluten-free. I just You're don't not know. really much of a morning person, are you? Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The sound of life. I was thinking, posing this question to you, how in the world could losing your wallet benefit you and your neighborhood or your fellow workers, co-workers, right? It doesn't make any sense, does it? But they are connected because a woman who was shopping at a garage sale found a wallet on the ground. Obviously, it was lost by somebody. It seemed to be. It had a Jamaican driver's license in there, some American cash and Jamaican cash. Okay, so we're trying to find the owner. So you think, at what point do you just give up, right? She went through Google. She went through Facebook. uh, And she asked for suggestions through Nextdoor. That's a community website. It's called Nextdoor. And then a lady she knows suggested she contact a little store that's known to have many Jamaican migrant workers as clients. Good idea. Turned out to be a really good idea. And the woman called the store and found out that, yes, indeed, there was someone named George. That was his name in the driver's license they found. uh, uh, Who lost a wallet. She said, have him contact me. Called me up. Knew all the contents of the wallet. And there you go. But the woman said she asked George. This is so much of a God thing. It's amazing. What do you and the migrant workers need? Isn't that something? And he said they could use some warm clothes. So she contacted the next door community. They organized a clothing drive. Isn't that cool? Awesome. Yeah. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. And not to mess up your breakfast a little bit, but kids, you decide, is it uh, just accidental, random, evolutionary processes, or was this specially made, right? Always the debate. We think, oh, it's simple life for thousands of years. People looked at little life, you know, and they thought, oh, it's so simple. That's just simple little life there. Is it really? Or is it specially made? Let me tell you about the amazing Colorado potato beetle. I never heard of it till a while ago. Well, the larva of this special beetle, sometimes they want to eat this plant. So what they do is they like spit digestive proteins onto the plant so they can eat it. But there is a tomato plant that can detect those chemicals and they produce proteins that inactivate the insect secretion. <gasps> We're not done. The potato plant says, hold my sweet tea. The larva does anyway. Because I've got bacteria living in me. And the bacteria, all nice and warm. And the bacteria team up. And and they suppress the plant's defense mechanism. That's what they call a symbiotic relationship. Very hard to understand and explain through randomness. I would think, you you know, it almost seems like it's designed that way, right? How, how does one know that, the, you know what I'm saying? You kind of see that going there. And it benefits both of them. The bacteria get to live in the larva and all that. And then the bacteria helps the beetle eat the plant. Okay, so it's really kind of cool, isn't it? What is going on right now <laughs> in the twilight zone that we don't know anything about? And I think we ought to stay clear. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. In case you don't know, Lena Abujamra, not only is she a physician, an ER pediatric physician in Chicago. She's got a lot on her plate right there, but she has an incredible ministry, women's ministry. It's amazing. So she was relating a time that she called the cable guy, 
you know, not the comedian, but the, the real cable people. She's asking a quick question about setting up a new service. And she said, you know, here I am. I worked all day. I'm tired. I'm trying to be extra nice. Instead of a pleasant response in return, I mean, he just sounded mad. And I'm giving him a chance to change his tone, but it was an epic fail, she said. And I finally confronted him. I said, why are you so mad at me? And he responded, I'm not mad. (laughs) So whether or not he was mad remains a mystery to Lena Abujamram. It's to be solved. But she said, I did learn one thing when it comes to speaking with others. We're as mad as we sound. Woo. We might think we're being kind, but our words and our tone will always betray us. You might think you're being patient. But ask the one who's listening to you, and you'll get a straight answer. You see, you're only as kind as your words are. Wow. You're only as kind as your words are. No matter what you've got on your plate today, remember the power of your tongue. Wield it wisely. Use it for God's glory. Be kind. Who knows who might be listening when you speak. Give them Jesus instead of your anger, right? Somebody bumps into you, what spills out on them? Is it God's love? Wow, we so just something to think about today, okay? From Cup of Joe Morning Show, the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. Just admiring the fog. I think it's worse now than when I came in. You know, uh, you never know. Boy, I tell you, that'll that'll test you right there, won't it? That'll that'll increase your prayer life going along in the fog. I'm telling you, it reminds me of a time when I was in college. And I was on the road late at night, and I was in the back seat of a car going back. We were in the mountains. I went to junior college in the mountains of North Carolina, right on the Tennessee border. It's not really fog. It's like clouds. That's basically what it is. I mean, it, and if you live in the mountains, you've been in the mountains, you know what I'm talking about. It is something else, man. And I'm in to tell you, I was one of those prayers where, Lord, if I get out of this, uh, I, I won't make this mistake again, okay? I mean, I really did. And uh, we made it, obviously, because I'm here. I mean, you know, but I mean, we, we didn't have anything happen. We heard later the next day that somebody was on the road coming back to the college. They had to make a right turn off of the road to go. And they they literally had the door open for the, um, for the car to look down at the white line. And they they missed the turn by about a hundred feet. They went to the right and went down in the mud of a of some kind of a farm or something like that. Sauce. Woo, man! Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. If you're dealing with the fog, Lord, give them strength, bless them, and peace through the fog. Sometimes you know unexpected things cause it to be uh, cause you to lose focus, right? Yeah, literally. Sometimes. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm glad you're here this morning. I got something that I thought was pretty good for you. It'll change the way you look at what God is doing. Okay? And I'm going to warn you because once I tell you, you'll never see it the same again. You'll always be thinking about, well, turkey and gravy. Kind of. I don't know. Something like that. And uh, this is actually from Dr. David Jeremiah. He's been teaching on Revelation. In the Bible. <laughs> Okay, it's it's not that dramatic, okay? Even though there's a lot of wild stuff in there, yes. But a lot of people have been talking lately about end times kind of thing. You know, I'm talking about the second coming, right? People have been talking about the mark of the beast, um, one world order, uh, things that are mentioned that God talks about in Revelation, things that are, are going to happen, right? There are signs that will happen before the second coming. But he said it's kind of like, well, he, he first of all, Dr. David Jeremiah said he stole the idea. <laughs> he didn't say it that way, but he got it from somebody else. We all do, right? And we pass it on. So I was, I was being very honest. But uh, it's like Christmas. The second coming of Jesus is like Christmas coming. There are signs everywhere. There's no surprise that it's coming. You first you see the lights, then you see the trees, then you see things in the store, and then you know it's everything from the weather to the. There's all kinds of signs that Christmas is coming. But what sneaks up on you is Thanksgiving. There's no sign. There's no. There's no. You know, lights, special light, things, stuff like that. Right. 
That's the way it is. Well, what's going to happen before the second coming is that God will take his church off the earth. That's, that's known as the rapture. And you may know all about this and stuff like this, but uh, that's what's going to happen. All the followers of Christ will be taken right off the earth. Wow. Imagine there'd be some mighty big changes happening pretty fast right after that. That's very interesting. But that's, So we're looking at signs of the second coming. Think about that. Thanksgiving always sneaks up on you before Christmas, right? Mm. The sound of life. I see in the news, yep, top of the news today, in case you want to know, an Idaho man has broken the Guinness World Record for catching marshmallows in his mouth. I'm not making that up. It's a guy that likes to break Guinness World Records. He's broken 200 of them. I don't want to know. Okay. But the one about the marshmallows is he caught 58 marshmallows in his mouth in one minute. David is his name, David Rush. Um, and he he actually breaks the records to promote STEM education. So that's kind of cool right there. And uh, he got uh, a celebrity to throw marshmallows from 15 feet away. <laughs> Who thinks of this? I mean, he, uh, he threw 63 marshmallows during the 60-second time limit. He caught 58 of them in his mouth and broke the Guinness record. And, I, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that we did something like that in college 100 years ago. You know what serious I'm thrill issues, dude. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Got something really neat to tell you about. This is in the category, you know, I got a hold of a couple of things for you. Just try to fortify you with some questions, actually. is the best thing to ask. I'm talking about the old debate between creation and evolution, right? Is it just a random in nature that things evolve and get better and smarter and adapt to their environment? Animals adapt to their environment. I make no mistake about that. That's okay. But was there intelligent design behind it? You decide... What people often mistake for thorns on roses are actually prickles. Yes, that's not a group of pickles. Prickles actually is a grasshopper kind of a thing. They call it a plant hopper. It's like a grasshopper that feeds off the roses. And it has on its back, it looks just like the plant part of a, of, it looks like a thorn that basically that sticks out. I'm sure the, the ouch from it, if you put a finger on it, is going to be about the same. Um, and, and that's what they do. They're on the rose plants, and it's all to elude predators because to a bird, you know, it looks like the plant. It looks just like part of the plant. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? And uh, that allows them to safely enjoy all the sap they can eat. Was that a design my intelligent design. I mean I laugh because it's like wow isn't that kind of obvious yeah a great way to start your day the cup of joe morning show look I'm a frequent coffee drinker I'm part of the club I have a card the sound of life that's kind of the way I am I get so nervous when I'm trying to get coffee I mean I drink coffee every morning for breakfast about as simple as you can get really you just make the coffee and pour it in the cup and then that's it Right. That's uh, but I, I don't know. Right now I'm debating what I would rather drive down a road that has dense fog on it, a road that I don't know or go to a coffee shop and try to speak a language that only they know, apparently. And I don't know. I don't know which one's worse. You know, you, to get a cup of coffee. Oh, boy. I, I don't know. I've never been that desperate. But Nate, he's funny about it, really. And he tells the truth. He speaks the truth. And maybe you can relate about the whole ordering the coffee problem. And I've only been drinking coffee for maybe four years. Not very long. I only order this one little drink. I get very nervous when I order coffee because it's a whole world. And I don't know the world, you know. They always ask you a bunch of stuff. Like, they're like, what kind of cream? I'm like, just please do it. Just do it. (laughs) You know? Sometimes they're like, do you want heavy cream or half and half? And I'll go, I'm sorry, I'm not taking questions right now. So if you could just do whatever you think it is. And if it's wrong, I won't even tell you. How about that? I will walk out of here as if that's exactly what I ordered. I will go outside, I will throw it away, and go try again in a different Starbucks. That's how I'll handle the entire... That's why I think they have so many Starbucks, so you can just keep going. Someone's got to get it. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Best thing that happened to you this week 
What do you think? Best thing? Can we hear from you? Hey, Jim, what? I don't know whether you know it, but I'm part of a printing ministry called Anchor Evangelical Press. Okay. We print tracts and send them all over the world. We print biblical, you know, some, you know, just some biblical type tracts, but we also print certain books of the Bible. You can't print the whole Bible against copyright laws. So we can print like a book of Romans or the book of John or Luke, and we print in seven different languages. Wow. And the, the ministry building that the printing ministry has had is in Hyde Park, and they've owned it for, I don't know, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 years or wow. so. right. And uh, it became time that we had to sell the building. Uh-oh. Because we just couldn't afford it anymore. But uh, through the agreement of who we're selling it to, we're able to keep our ministry in the building. <gasps> Ding, 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 ding. You win. Not only that, but we've been on this roller coaster of trying to sell it for almost a year now because when a nonprofit sells a building or property, it has to go through the attorney general's office in New York. So we just received word yesterday that it's finally been approved. Wow. That's huge. I mean, it is. It's very huge for us because it's going to take the burden of the building itself and off of us and and we can still remain in the building reaching the heart of the northeast the sound of life one of the things i do know is that when we come to christ right we're a follower of jesus washed in the blood we have a new heart but our mind still gets bombarded and i'm sure you probably know that as lena abby jammer said we she's got a voice in her head i've got voices in my head and they just pop out every once in a while sometimes her voice tells her that she's single and she's never going to change other times, the voice in my head hollers that I'm not good enough. Oh, boy, I've had that one. Pretty enough, rich enough to live out my dreams. Maybe that voice in your head reminds you of your sin, tells you you're a loser. And as Lena said, sadly, most of us have heard that voice for so long, we don't even pay attention to it anymore. Here's the thing. The Apostle Paul instructing us, it's in the Bible in Romans, says to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's the thing. In other words, time to change that voice you hear in your head. It's time to start listening to the voice of truth. Instead of condemnation, God speaks words of love to you. Instead of hearing that you're not enough, God's voice is reminding you that it is in your weakness that he is our strength. Oh, yes. You see, God longs to wash over you with his word if you let him. So start listening to his voice in your head, right? It's the only way to peace. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Welcome aboard. I love taking the kids when they were younger, the boys. Nothing like the thrill of them catching their first fish or second fish or whatever it is, you know. Pretty amazing. But uh, you do know that if you're in Florida or certainly deep south, Gulf Coast states, there's an extra little caution As a young man, Sean, seven years old, found out about it, he hooked himself a bass fishing there with his dad, and he's starting to pull it out of the water. The only problem is an alligator (laughs) wrapped up in the water and grabbed it and had lunch. Oh, boy. He lost the pole and everything and and scared him, and they they backed up and all that stuff. But, you know, the alligator was fine because he wasn't hungry anymore. He had his, right? So I feel bad for him. But he got quite a thrill and quite a story they posted on Facebook. And that's what counts, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I wanted you to hear this in case you missed it last week during our fundraiser. And you may have. It is one of the most amazing calls that we ever got. Jaya Matthew. Yes, good morning. How old are you? I'm 12 years old. And I've been listening to Sound of Life since I was a little kid. (laughs) My parents always surrounded me with Christian music. And I love you guys' work. I listen to you every day in the car on the way to school and back. You guys have significantly changed my life. I listen to you guys on the radio when I'm at home and as I fall asleep. So my life is always surrounded by God. I love the sermons on Sundays. And I love hearing you guys and your amazing music. We've actually even won some of the Cup of Joe things. I want to know, you to know that even though I don't have some money to support you guys, you have all my prayers. 
I love your guys' music, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. God bless you. Listener supported, The Sound of Life. I'm just catching up with the news that Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus, they're all part of the empire of Facebook, right? Well, they were down, kaput, gone, off Monday for six whole hours. Six hours. Unprecedented. Because there was like three billion people wanting to procrastinate and had to get back to work. (laughs) Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The sound of life. A lot of wonderful prayers, right? I think the uh, the most awesome prayer would be to ask God for wisdom. Ask God to see the world as he sees the world, which I know you could probably come close in certain things. You know, if you ask God, God, show me who is needy. Show me what to do. Show me who to pray for. Give me somebody to pray for. Lord, give me your eyes. He's going to do it. The sound of life. Boy, God works in some amazing ways. You know, a, a man, an elderly man in diabetic shock and a McDonald's helped him out. And then the store's not even open. I mean, you're like, go figure, right? Well, this, oh, the wife picked him up from an elderly center. He's like 84 years old. But he wasn't walking right. And she thought, uh-oh, I think his sugar levels are low. And sure enough, they were. And so, you know what she did? She goes to the McDonald's. Really? I was like, what? And the store's not open. But they have just the drive through So she waited in the drive through got up to the front, and she said, help, I need help. I think my husband is in diabetic shock. The manager knew what to do. He put. He was running to help them with orange juice, and he knew to put sugar in the orange juice to add some to it because his aunt is diabetic, and she had that happen to her as well, too. Isn't that incredible? And so now, I mean, he's been inundated with praises, you know, and his wife is, I mean, the man's wife is incredibly grateful and all that, and it just really illustrates the magnificence of God. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Having a little fun with the Facebook empire. Monday it went down for, what, eight hours? Completely gone. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, all gone. There's no truth to the rumor that Jesus fed the 5,000, that multitude there, because Facebook and such was down. They're all standing around with nothing to do. Nip it in the bud. All right. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.